and, and we've kind of talked about it, but I just want to officially take time to announce something even bigger. And that is what I believe John may have said something about it here, and I know he has in the past. Um, and actually, by way of, of, of bringing that announcement, when I came in, uh, was first coming and, and interviewing and uh, candidating weekend and meeting with the leaders, uh, there was a, a number of things that I heard more often than others. Things that were said. And one of the things that was said often is, Pastor, we really we really need to reach out in our community. We're not in our community at all. But not just that. We need to be doing it with other churches. We're not doing anything. The churches aren't doing anything together. And it's really, you know, our burden, our, our burden is that we would get churches together, that we would be able to do something, that we somehow reach out in, in, in some way. Well, now I get to find out whether your talk will match with your walk because this community free community picnic is an opportunity where we are reaching out and we're joining churches together uh, in a in a very special way it's something that just like we prayed about that house and it came about we've been praying about this for a while and for it to be able to uh, to come about so to speak um in what we're looking to do now again if you don't know that's on july 21st uh, from 12 to 3 in justice park uh, it's on july 21st it's actually right before uh, oil heritage days uh, or oil heritage festival i think it's called um, we're actually in that we're we're a part of oil heritage festival by doing this together the church is together doing this uh, they will be uh, contributing tents and chairs and tables. We're going to need more tents and chairs and tables. But the community, uh, chamber and the community, is joining in with us in this as we're doing it and the, and the, and the churches are doing it together. Um, and really, if you think about it, one of the great things churches do is church potluck dinners. You know, that's one thing we're good at. Uh, eating, uh, well, not just eating, the f- getting the food together. So why not have the ultimate church potluck dinner, ultimate, uh, and invite the rest of the world, so to speak, the rest of the community to come and and to bless them in something that's free, that's friendly, that's fun, um, a Christ-like atmosphere, you know, maybe maybe a little different than maybe some of the things that might come to, but a Christ-like atmosphere that hopefully, and the goal was that it would be something that would rival Everything, anything that our community does. And so there's going to be mini golf, which we're going to need help with because that's our booth. Uh, I'll have a mini golf, six hole mini golf course there. Uh, they're big blow up obstacle courses and bounce tents and uh, all kinds of other things are going to be a part of it along with the food and all those kind of things. It's just an opportunity, hopefully, for us uh, to stand out, to stand together and what is going on really to be more than a picnic and i I know you could sometimes people can kind of hear this and we've talked about a picnic this is why i want to talk about it here before you is you can hear it's a picnic Uh, so what it's more than a picnic on so many different levels it's more than a, a picnic it's a way for us to build a bridge of love between us and the community to start that bridge so we said well we should just go out there and just do you know what 
We can't just go out there and just do some major thing because we don't have, there's no bridge. There is no bridge going on between the churches in Oil City and the community in many ways. Um, I've been here long enough and talked with churches to kind of know that. There's little things here and there, but not really. Uh, it's also an opportunity for build a bridge of love between us and other churches in a way that it's kind of hard to have doctrinal differences over food, you know. I mean, I know somebody could probably have a problem. They could probably make something about it. But the reality is, even though it may sound like it's just a picnic, it's much more than that. But if we go some other direction and suddenly started something, we're not ready for that. The community's not ready for that. The, the, the churches aren't ready for that. But the churches are ready for this. God's been doing the work as they've been meeting, especially within our community. And some of you say, well, you know, the churches get together and they do a services out in Cranberry. They've had a service. They've done that. First of all, those are nice. Mostly older people go and uh, not many. Uh, But the reality is those are those services you hear about that are church wide things. Those are from Venango County. It's not the oil city. There are some oil city churches, but it's not the oil city churches getting together and doing something. We haven't haven't for a long time. Something happened long ago. Uh, and it just kind of stopped. And it's time for it to start. But we've got to start somewhere. And what better way to start in some place that's really not that difficult. Not something that we can do together as, like this as far as a community picnic. And I know for some of you, you don't live in Oil City. In fact, we are Oil City OCCA. Oil City Community Alliance. We are a a community alliance, and we've done things down at the mall, and we're going to do things in other communities. But we need to start in our Jerusalem, which is right here, is where the church that we are. And to start in our Jerusalem, and here is an opportunity for us to um, get together, do something that's much more than a picnic, to to serve the community. And and recognizing that, well, not everybody's going to be there or see it, but they're going to hear. Hopefully they will hear about these things. And here is where churches are serving the community and giving back when usually the opinion is churches are just taking, right? Did you hear that sometimes? Churches are just about kind of taking. It's for an opportunity for us to show that we're less disconnected, not only because we're doing a picnic for the community, but we're connecting it with Oil Heritage Days and trying to be a part of something in with that. Um, in fact, part of the community thing, one of the things we're going to do is an apple mom's apple pie contest. So if you want to enter, let me know. Uh, we're going to have that. Uh, we're going to pick a Sunday. Uh, there's no, uh, I don't, unless somebody steps up and does the next July uh, sun, summer Sunday fellowship. Uh, then we're just going to pick a Sunday morning, and instead of bringing the things we bring, we're going to bring apple pies. If you don't like apples, you know, bring an orange. Um, I I don't know what to say. Uh, But we we will have some of ours, and uh, the point of the the community part is, is the judges of the apple pie contest will be owners of uh, restaurants here in town. And uh, if you know of someone personally, let me know. We already have one uh, that is uh, owns a couple restaurants in town that is going to be a judge of this. We're not asking them to donate food. We're not asking them to do anything other than can you just show up and participate together as a community. And, and so, again, trying to make that connection, uh, it, it just 
show that in all of this, it's free and hopefully somehow model that it's the, just like the free gift of God that he has, that we want to be a part and and do this, reaching outside our walls, uh, not hiding our light under a bushel, but at least trying to do something in this way, uh, which is an opportunity as well. There we'll have a prayer uh, tent, uh, a prayer booth. Uh, Marsha is going to be kind of uh, in charge of that. So if you want to be a part uh, just to kind of talk with her, to get in on that, get some shifts. We'll have prayers that already be printed up. We don't have to think. But just joining, hopefully. And if you know, and I know you do, you know people in other churches. Uh, if you know some prayer warriors in other churches, we'd like to just invite them. And I already have. Their letters have been sent out to other churches, and we've talked to other churches. To invite them to say, hey, could you come? Maybe you're, you're not really into the picnic thing, but could you come and just spend a little time in the prayer time? We can even send out, put shifts. You would have gotten a thing to sign up in your email uh, already. Uh, with If you don't get emails and you need that, we can get a way to, for you to sign up. But you would have gotten that sent out with the Thursday announcements. If you don't get the Thursday announcements, let us know in the office and we can send that out to you guys. Hey, um, be like, why? Hopefully you understand why we're ta- oh, I'm talking about this. First of all, it's what I was told, hey, we'd like to see. Here's an opportunity starting. You see, the reason I say it's more than a picnic is in many ways it has more to do with what happens after this than just what happens during this. The churches have not gotten together. And that we have a number of churches uh, who are solidly Full, all out, all in committed, which, by the way, we are. I don't know. Your elders and I already volunteered us. For, we're all in. Uh, <clears throat> so welcome to the party. Uh, there are a number of other churches that are in and are going to be there, are going to help. And uh, the reality is more than uh, I mean, they tried to say something last year and nothing really happened. Um, we, I showed up and Kevin from our church, I think, was there. Uh, but really, that, that much. We're saying this is this is our opportunity. I recognize that some of you are going to be gone that weekend and those kind of things. But for us to pray, for us to be involved, for us to help, there's things to do ahead of time. There's going to be things that Sunday morning that are going to need to be set up and be a part of that. Um, and uh, this is something I believe that God wants us to do. I believe it fits with his word and as we have opportunity. I believe it fits with something that goes beyond that. Um, I am a little more invested because I'm in charge. Uh, so new guy at the no, I wasn't. I, I volunteered, knowing this is what God wanted. I'm in charge of this thing, and we have a number of pastors helping out and being a part. But uh, that you would pray for this and pray that it would be more than a picnic, not only in that day, but it would be more than a picnic beyond that. That this would be an opportunity for churches finally to start doing something together in a way that brings about the kingdom of God, uh, not only glory to God, but brings others into the kingdom of God. And we know we think differently and do differently, but we really are having ones that say, we want to be together, we want to try this, we want to do this. And so uh, we're just saying, hey, we're going to be all in. We'll try it for a couple years, see what happens, uh, if we can do that. And praying that God would use it as a, uh, a springboard to other things. That it would be more than a picnic because he's going to use it as a springboard to what he's going to do in our community way beyond 
anything that's a picnic. Are you with me? Amen. Well, I heard somebody say, let's do it. I like that. Let's do it. That's what we want to do. Uh, as we get ready for the uh, message, that wasn't really the message. I didn't try to preach and throw a bunch of scriptures at you. I could uh, about all those things. Uh, uh, but just trying to just share share my heart is that I, I believe this is where God wants. And I believe this is an opportunity, not just for us, but for all of our community. And then from there, for that to branch out beyond and just kind of be a, uh, a well that... Uh, my hope is, and we'll be talking about this in the future here, about as new, we've been talking about the new that God wants to do, uh, about the new that he wants to do in us. That, you know, one day it could be said once again that this is the valley that changed the world. Some of you have been around here have heard that phrase. Uh, and one day it can be, but we've got to start somewhere. If you look at Second Corinthians chapter 5, Passage that we looked at last week and now this week and actually next week kind of exploring uh, the next part. Well, not next week. Next week will be kind of a 4th of July message, but following week after that. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. God is not just making all things new, and he is, but he has made new so much. We talked about last week in, in a general kind of thing. Uh, and what happens so often is that we get, we get stuck in this religious view that is focused on, on the old passing away. As we look at verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. And we kind of stop there. Uh, the the wrong is gone. The bad in us is fading away. And while that's true, there is a new that he talks about. Uh, the new has come. That, that new, and it's time for us to wake up and recognize the grace of God does not just forgive us of the old, but he gives us new. As new creations that were to be mentioned last week, that new creation, that word and what's used there means that something is a completely, fully different, nothing like it ever before kind of creation. It's not a renovation of religion in our lives. It is a recreation by our creator God of us, not just in us, but a recreation of Of us, you are a new creation if you are in Christ Jesus. Already been made new. Which means we should be different. Because we are different. Not just we should be different because, hey, now you're a Christian, you need to be different. No, according to verse 17 there, hey, now you're a Christian, you are different. You are a new creation. And to live that way. And there's so much that he does for us. It makes us new. But why does he do that? 
not about what he did last week, but why? Why does God do all this new in us? Well, I, uh, I, we need to be saved from sin. Well, we're talking about the old being gone. Why does he do the new? And hopefully we're not self-centered enough to think that what God is doing and the new in us that he's doing, the new that he's given us, is, is not because, well, God gives me new stuff because he loves me and uh, he wants me to feel better. He wants me to do better. He wants me to have a better life. It's not about you and me. Ultimately, all this is about him. Ultimately, what Jesus did on that cross was not just to keep us from going to hell. What Jesus did on the cross was to restore our relationship with God. Like it was at the very beginning before sin entered the world. Jesus came to restore that. And that's what this is about. To restore that love relationship that God wanted from the very beginning. Until we began to love other things and other people and other sin more than we did God. I tried to restore back to the number one command that he has for us. The number one purpose of why we're here. The number one thing that Jesus told us all. The foundational command is to love, uh, like in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. The old person that we were before coming to Christ not only did not love God with all, but could not love God with all that we are. We were not just dead in our sins. We were dead in our relationship with God. But God made us alive and not just made us alive. He made us new creations so that we could finally have a brand new love for him. And we need to grasp this. That we are not merely forgiven from the old from the past. Because that doesn't help us with our present. We have been forgiven of the old. We have been forgiven of the past. But that in itself does not help us with the present and how we're supposed to live for him, which includes the number one thing, love him. But God has given us all that we need to finally be able to all out love him as we were originally created for. Christians, we need to have a brand new love for God. And we can now. We can. Because we have been made brand new creations. In every area that matters. How do we have a brand new all out love? I mean, think about it. We are to love the Lord with all our, of course, heart. Okay. Actually, I say that, but the reality is, depending on which gospel you go to, different things are first. But let's just say, we're to love the Lord with all our heart. You see, when we became Christians, and this is what we're just exploring two of these areas. If we're to love the Lord with all our heart, but we couldn't do it before. Why can we do it now? Just because we've been forgiven, just because we're no longer under the penalty and we're not going to go to hell. So much more than that. It's so much more than that. We did not just have a change of heart. Towards God. And become a Christian. When we became Christian, we had a change, literally, of our heart 
because it became new. If you are a new creation and God made you a new creation, that means he made your heart new. And now finally we can have a brand new love for God because we've got a brand new heart that can actually do that. And for us to lean into that, for us to understand this, to truly love God that, that we can have an all-out love for the Lord from a new heart. Do we realize that as a new creation that we've been given that new heart? I don't know that we always recognize how much the definite difference there is between an old heart and the new heart. It's like the difference between good and evil. Here's what the... uh, God says about the old heart, Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That's what God says about the old heart. Heart is deceitful, beyond cure. And and part of the point in saying this is that there are are those that might think and even say, well, before I came to know Christ, I was basically a good person. You know, I had a good heart. I did some bad things occasionally. No, you weren't. You weren't. And you didn't have a good heart. And it's not me saying it. It says the heart is deceitful above all else. We didn't have it. But when we come to know Christ, we do have a new heart. And I don't think that we grasp that. We are still living sometimes like we've got that same old heart. But he says he's made us into new creations that's what he does ezekiel if you want to turn to ezekiel 18 and we're going to look at another ezekiel so kind of keep your finger there or or your screen there or whatever where you're going to go beyond that but ezekiel chapter 18 verse 30 therefore you israelites I will judge, and this is uh, Ezekiel 18, verse 30. Therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from all your offenses, or sin will be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all of the offenses you have committed. Now, up until this point, as we're reading, it sounds very much like a number of modern day Churchianity, religion, talk. You know what? I'm going to judge you. Turn away from your offenses, your sin. Rid yourself of that. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not going a different direction and saying that that's not what that is. What God says, we are to turn from sin. We, I mean, we got to do that. We, it has to. There's all that repent and the sin and offenses. But if we just stop there, it's that good old American religion that pulls yourself by your own bootstraps to be a good Christian. We're in our own effort trying to do that. But we can't. And in a sense, that's part of the point of the law is to show us that we cannot do it in our own effort. But that's where the next part of these verses you're reading in Ezekiel 18. The next part says, God tells us then, uh, and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why would you pe- Why would you die, people of Israel? I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. How do we repent and live? Part of the repent and live and deal with the sin and all those kind of things is to get a new heart. He says it right there. 
live out a brand new love for God because we get a brand new heart. God does not repair our old heart. Rather, God performs heart transplant surgery on us when we come to know Christ. Look later in Ezekiel chapter 36. In chapter 36 in Ezekiel verse 25, and and there are other places that says a very similar thing. Um, I'm just going to read this one. Ezekiel 36 verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You see, how do we get a new heart that he just told us to do and to deal with our life and where it's at? He says, I will give you a new heart. That's how you get it. I'm going to give you a new heart. And then when you have that new heart, you will be able to follow my decrees and, and careful to keep my laws. You'll be able to love God in the way that we should. Yeah, even a new heart can be hardened. If somebody doesn't take care of their heart after heart transplant surgery, they don't do the rehab, they don't eat like they should, they don't, they just, that new heart that gets messed up in so many different ways. Even Jesus' disciples, they were with him all the time. They saw the great things he did. They heard the great words he said. And yet Jesus in Mark chapter 8, verse 17, aware of the discussion, uh, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? You still not, do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Jesus says that to the disciples. Your heart's hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears that fail to hear? Don't you remember? Proverbs 28, blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And even later on in verse 15 of chapter 3 in Hebrews there, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. Speaking in, in the New Testament about that and therefore those who have new hearts, listen, those new hearts can become hardened. Don't let that happen. We don't always recognize this. So oftentimes we think, well, you know, I, I, I've got a, I got a behavior problem. I'm, you know, we don't we say that about kids, but I mean, they're adults, and 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 the things you're doing, I, I just got a I just got a little problem. Some of the things I'm doing, you know, I got a habit problem. No, what we have is a heart problem. Instead of blaming it on other things and other people and all those kind of things, it's a heart problem. Like what is coming regularly out of our mouth. Some people, I don't know, I've heard it. Maybe that's just because I'm a pastor, but uh, maybe you've heard it. Someone says, well, I got a little problem with uh, some unsanctified vocabulary. They say it other words. Uh, some people say I speak French. And I say, I took French. It's not French. Um, you know, uh, they say, I'm sacrifice. But, but, but really, you know, Pastor... Uh, it really doesn't happen that often. I, when I get angry, sometimes it just accidentally slips out. But that's not really who I am. 
I'm like, not really? Uh, it slipped out of where? Of course, someone else might say, well, I suppose on occasion I might pass on some things that that I probably shouldn't say, and you know, some people might even call it gossip. But, you know, I'm basically a good person. Would those some people would call it gossip be God? Or perhaps it's a problem with fill in the blank. What is it? A problem, I just have a little problem. I just have a little behavior that needs to change. Look at Matthew chapter 15. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 18. Jesus' words. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what makes a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. Jesus is saying, whatever's coming out of our mouth, saying we don't know where that came from, what we said, or it just actually slipped out, it didn't just slip out of our mouth. Jesus said, it just slipped out of your heart. And that heart was the one I gave you. It was new when I gave it to you. And so the answer is not just to tell someone, you know what, you just need to zip the lip. Because it only works for a little bit. You try and you try and try and it doesn't work because... What needs to change is not our lip, but to change our life, it's our heart. Not changing the external, changing the internal. Understand that there's a connection there, that we have a new heart means we should have a new mouth. Not only a new heart that controls it so that there's no unwholesome talk that comes out of our mouth, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, as Ephesians 4.29 says. But a new heart at the very root of who we are that means there are certain things that should no longer naturally or accidentally be coming out of us. Here, because we're new here. We don't remember that or I really think sometimes we've never really had anybody actually say what I'm saying right now. You have a new heart. You're not the same person. When you come to Christ, if you really have come to Christ, if you're really in Christ, you are new in every way except for the new body, which that's coming. That's common. For us to understand that if we're, I know there are those who are stuck in old ruts of old patterns, but that's not because God hasn't made you new. It's the choices we make that we've impacted. The number one choices that we have not made is to allow Jesus to be the Lord of all, our mouth all the way down to our heart, to our toes. 
a desire to please him, not do what we please, a desire to have a brand new love from God that comes from a brand new heart. God, to do that for, towards God before was impossible. But now it's not impossible. We can have an all-out love for God with a new heart, but we can also have an all-out love for God with a new mind. To say that we are a new creation, to say that we've been given a new heart, and we talk about the new mind, it's like we've been given new parts, not just the whole, but we've been given new parts. It starts sounding like Frankenstein maybe, you know. Oh, we've got new parts. You know, it's not God. It's not a Frankenstein, and and he's alive. You know, it's none of that kind of stuff. It's 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 not a whole bunch of new parts from all over the place, and God just kind of stuck them in us. Think about a, a brand new life and a brand new everything and what it is. Like Jesus, when he was resurrected, as he came out of that grave, you could still see the marks in his hands and his side. You could see all that. And yet his body was different. It wasn't just healed up. It was different as he was able to walk right into rooms that were locked through the, you know, his body was different. It was changed. It was new in a different way. We've been given new parts, so to speak, that are not from here or there. They're from Jesus. Remember in Ezekiel, I read that earlier, and it talks about God says in in other places that he talks about it in Ezekiel. He says, I will put my heart in them and I will put my spirit in them. The new heart and a mind comes from Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one who has, under, who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ because as new creations, we've been given a new mind. It's new. Right before that, in verse 14, in 1 Corinthians 2, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. You know, this deals with the mind, the thinking, the discernment, the understanding. The old you was not able to do that. But as Christians, we think completely differently than we did before in the old. The new mind thinks not naturally, but supernaturally. Our thinking is not worldly. It should not be. The new mind is not to think worldly, but our thinking is not of this world. Uh, two different things, very differently. Our thinking should not be fleshly because it's no longer that, but it's it, not according to the flesh. It's according to the spirit is how it should be. But are we walking in that, in that newness? Are we living the newness that we actually have and allowing the Holy Spirit of God to empower us and give us strength to do that. By the way, we're to love him with all our strength and God's given us new strength. We'll talk more about that uh, in the future. That whole thing about a, a new mind. Jesus gives us new, uh, new commands, new directions, you know, that the natural man doesn't understand, but we can understand. Uh, think about the, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Many times in the passage, Jesus says, 
you have heard that it was said, like an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek also. Or and later he talks to you, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor, but not your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You'll be your children of Father in heaven. It's, you know, Jesus said, you've heard, this was the old thinking, but hey, there is a new thinking that we're to have here. A new thinking, and you can do this because of the new mind that Christ has given us as new creations. And we forget that. And we struggle so many times with just taking that pure responsibility all on ourselves to have the right thoughts, to change our thoughts, to do this. And it doesn't mean that we are not supposed to change. But we were never meant to change all on our own effort. We can't get to heaven on our own effort. We can't become a Christian by anything we do. The fact that we think that we can be a Christian by what we do in our own effort is just as futile as trying to get there as it is people trying to stay there. It is what God does in us allowing his power to work and enable us as he gives us new and new power and new mind and things like that. Uh, you know, I think about getting our mind, people getting the mind out of the gutter, but that's, that shouldn't be where the bent is. The bent should be our mind in heaven, a new mind, get off the earth, onto the eternal. Uh, a new mind that thinks new, thinks differently. A new perspective, new with our heart, uh, with our heart, our mouth was connected. With our mind, our eyes are connected. If we think about it that way, we see with new eyes, we see things differently because our mind thinks things differently. Uh, that's the whole amazing grace. I was blind, but now I see. You know, we like to sing the song, but do we actually believe that's even right, possible, true? I was blind. That's the way the old eyes were. But I have been given new eyes. And I see differently. I don't know for you, but I know when I came and stepped across that line and came to Christ and gave my life over to Him, that even though I'd been attending church and going and reading the Bible and get all that kind of stuff, all of a sudden, I had new eyes. I, I saw things differently, even as you look at God's creation. And all of a sudden, as much as I like to be outside and all that, it had way more new meaning. It's like suddenly uh, I was blind, but now I see. Suddenly there was color in all the world. Even the word of God, I was going on my own to uh, not only the uh, church services, but uh, uh, Bible studies. And, and I was trying to do it. And I had things I filled out and doing all that stuff. And I was just trying to get it and learn, not realizing that I was just being religious and I didn't have a real relationship. But when that relationship began and I went back to those same passages that I'd read previously and I opened, my eyes were open and suddenly I, I saw what they meant, which was so much more. I was able to have a discernment about that that I, it was like, wow. I can't even believe this again. It was like I was blind when I was reading this. And now my eyes are open. My mind understands. I, I, can, I can see. And that's what we just read in First Corinthians, or in Second Corinthians and, and First Corinthians about this change. Everything is different. 
because of the new mind, the new way of thinking, the new way of seeing. Can you just imagine uh, Philippians chapter 4? It talks about don't not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, supplication, thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Uh, much of that is is about our thinking. If we have a new mind, and we really lean into that and recognize the new mind that we've been given, and not listen to the enemy's lies that you're just like the old, the new mind that that surely would help us to understand and, and to experience the peace that he's talking about. Because later on, that is a, earlier in four, six, seven. In verse 8 in Philippians, right after that, uh, peace of God will pass on understanding. It gives the key of how to keep that peace. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, whatever is commendable, excellent, anything is praiseworthy, think about those things. It's so hard to think. You've been given a new mind. Allow that newness, allow the Holy Spirit, the new power that's been given to enable us to actually do that, to think new to think and have the peace because you are new a new mind uh, all too often we allow our, our our new mind to go back to old thinking the old way the fleshly things we get stuck in that and we forget that we've been made new but god tells us very clearly uh, in places like romans in chapter 12 Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How do we transform? By the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's renewing of that mind that has been kind of corrupted by the things that are going on. I know some people say, oh, I can listen to that, don't have any problem. I can watch that, not have any problem. But, and maybe some don't, but others do. The things that are coming in, things that are being said and around us, so many for many, it, it just kind of deadens that new mind and, and gets it going in a different track. God says, renew that mind. Not renew your old mind. Renew your new mind as a new creation. You know, uh, last week's message, um, one of the things that I did say to people, I started out the message and I said, everybody remember what it was? It's the name, it's the title. I said, what's new with you? All right. And we had quite an interesting number of things that were new. By the way, I, I think I need to ask how the meatloaf went oh. Was it meatloaf? Okay, see, he's going to make a new meatloaf. All right. All right, so if I ask this question, and, I, and I, David might have been holding back because he didn't want to give it away. So, Dave, if I ask the question today, what's new with you? You would say? Everything. Yeah. Uh, what's new with you? Absolutely everything. Uh, all right, all right. I mean, think about this. So it's, it's, what is new with you? What'd you say, Brian? You can say there what they said. You don't have to say. You, yeah, you can say what they said. It's okay. You're not. I, you don't have to think of something new. I, I don't want us to think about this. 
What's new with you? And, and yes, it's everything that you're a new creation, but what specifically today? And I ask the worship team to come, by the way. Uh, come on up. Believe it or not, I am. I recognize that I was talking earlier, so this message is a little shorter than normal. Uh, but what's new with you? Not just it is everything. But what does God want to speak to you today about? What is it? Is it a new heart? Is it a new mind? Is it something else that we need to be reminded by the Holy Spirit this morning? An area of struggle, an area that you're just not sure of, or an area you don't feel confident about. What is it that you need to allow and receive the Holy Spirit saying, you are new in this you are new in your heart you are new in your mind yes there's struggles yes there's things that are going on and yes the enemy is attacking but you are new you are not the same person live in that newness of what he's done for us through his strength through his power that he can do what he wants to work in and through us Father, I pray that you'd help us speak as you already have, but continue to just make this clear uh, in this moment. Not just that everything is new, but specifically, what is it that we need to recognize you have already made new? Miraculously, supernaturally new work of God in us. Thank you, Jesus.